0: You will have these workouts for life, four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers, so you've got 40 workouts total, plus there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am so glad you are here, and I want to take just a second to say thank you for helping me celebrate Primal Potential's second anniversary last week. If you didn't listen to those anniversary episodes, I hope you will go back and do so. They were pretty special. On seven twelve, which was the actual two-year anniversary of Primal Potential, I shared the details about Ascend. Ascend. Primal's first ever weekend workshop. I'm really, really hoping to get to spend a couple of days with you, so definitely listen to that episode for all those details on seven fourteen, It was a pretty powerful and emotional episode with my own mom talking about the origin of my food issues and generally about the origin of things like fear of missing out, of shame, sneaking food, and what we can do about those things when they're holding us back. And then on 716, I had a friend and former client on the show, Maggie, who has transformed physically, mentally, emotionally pretty much over the last year, maybe maybe 14 months or so, in amazing ways. And we talked about how she was able to do the work consistently after not doing the work for so many years before that. And today is another long overdue episode. I get a lot of emails from people who are new to the podcast or maybe just maybe not new, but just ready to make some changes and unsure where to start. And almost without exception, those of you guys that have been listening for a long time know this, my recommendation is that they start with tracking or journaling. But there is a lot of confusion about that, a lot of misunderstanding about that, a lot of misplaced negativity, even with people who have been working with me for a long time. So I really want to talk about that aspect of journaling or tracking. If you're doing it, how you can do it better. If you're not doing it, how and why you need to get started. There's so many comments like, I just can't remember. I'm not consistent. I don't know how to make sure I'm not eating too much if I let go of counting calories or counting macros. So in today's podcast, there is a lot I want to cover. I want to clear up what I mean and what I don't mean, When I talk about tracking and journaling, I want to be clear about what you stand to gain from tracking and what you're really missing if you aren't doing it, what you should be tracking, what you should be paying attention to, where you can do this, like tools you can use to do it. And how and why you can learn from it. I have created a template for you guys, and I've given you some different free journals um, over the past couple years, and if you're one of my Fat Loss Fast Trackers, you get this you know, monstrosity of a couple hundred pages of, of a journal. But I've created not just a template, but also a cheat sheet for you for the things you really want to be sure to pay attention to. And you can get that on the show notes for today's episode. So you just go to primalpotential.com, hit the podcast tab, and all of the show notes are there in chronological order with the most recent episodes first. Or if you're in the US, you can get this template and cheat sheet by texting just the word tracking, T-R-A-C-K-I-N-G, text the word tracking to the number 44222. So you can get it on the show notes. You can get it by texting the word tracking to 44222. Let's start with what I mean when I talk about tracking or journaling. I don't mean calorie or macro counting. I will say, If that's currently working for you and you love it and enjoy it and just want to keep doing it, cool, do what works for you. If you're getting the results you want and you enjoy doing it, awesome. But what I'm talking about isn't quite as much of a chore as that, and it can give you far more information in far less time. I'm talking about, really generally speaking, making a note of what you eat and how it makes you feel how it makes you feel in general. I really want you to think about it like a casual journal that just takes a couple of minutes a day because really, that's all it takes, right? So woke up, super hungry, coffee with cream, craving a muffin, had two bacon and two eggs, exhausted at 2 p.m., feel like snacking at 7 p.m., dinner was Brussels sprouts and a burger without the bun, tossed and turned all night, right? So I'm just really casually talking about what you eat and how it makes you feel, how you're feeling. And I'm also talking about your body, not necessarily your weight, and I'll tell you why I don't think that's as much of a factor, but how you feel, how your clothes fit. Are you super bloated? Are you constipated? Are your clothes feeling really loose? Are they feeling really tight? Take your waist circumference, your hip circumference, okay? This is the powerful stuff. This matters because we can see trends. When I work with clients one-on-one, we have a shared journal. They are in it every day and I am in it every day and we're able to see things like, I've said to clients, do you realize that when you have bars, like protein bars, they never satisfy your hunger? And if we look at the days on which you overeat, it's almost always the days on which you had a bar because they just ignite this insatiable hunger and in you you're eating them because you're hungry but it doesn't end the hunger in fact you just want more and more and more or seeing things like you know do you realize that when you start the day with fruit in the morning you struggle more with cravings than on days where you don't have fruit in the morning or oftentimes too for the ladies do you realize that you have a really crappy attitude and you always want to give up and say, who cares? It doesn't matter anyway, even when you do care and it does matter. And that always seems to happen like three to five days before your period starts. When we can identify those trends, then we can enact countermeasures. But if we're just blindly going through life and we don't even know the trends of our own bodies, then we don't have the power to do anything. Or I might say something like, okay, I know you're frustrated that your weight hasn't changed, but let's look back on your journal and you've been so excited that people are commenting that you look smaller or that your clothes are all loose and you're frustrated about not having anything to wear that fits because everything's too big and you've had more energy. We humans are not very objective. We're not, we're subjective. And we judge things based on how we feel in a moment, not necessarily because of how things actually are. And so the journal helps us get objectivity, which is a great point about why we track. I want to really spend a few minutes here because this is so important. And I think a lot of people just think that it's like to be honest with yourself or for the sake of accountability. And that's part of it. But there's so much more than that. So there's three primary reasons that I really want you to commit to this. And even if you're doing it, I want you to increase your commitment so you can get more out of it, because ultimately you will get out of it what you put into it. So one reason that I think it's very important to do this is the fact that we pay far too little attention to our own bodies. Most of us do not know what particular meal composition satisfies us best in terms of like how much protein, how much fat, and I'm not talking grams, but like as a percentage of your plate, what satisfies us best and what satisfies us least. Most of us don't know how different types of workouts impact our hunger or our energy or our cravings. One of my one-on-one clients recently started CrossFit, and after a week, or so. She was feeling kind of frustrated being ravenously hungry in the afternoons that she didn't seem to be able to tame that hunger, like she couldn't get ahead of it. And when we looked at her document, it was super easy to see that that started and happened on days when she was doing CrossFit. And it showed us that she wasn't eating anything before the workout. So we were able to say, hey, look, this is easy. On days when you go to CrossFit, eat before you go and let's see what's happening. And sure enough, within just one day, she was, she was able to say, actually, for the first time, I did that CrossFit workout, and I wasn't ravenously hungry later in the day, and I had my breakfast beforehand. Perfect. Perfect. We are in a rut of paying more attention to everything outside ourselves. I've said this before, but like we know more about the real housewives or the linemen and the patriots than we do about ourselves. So many times people ask, does this strategy work? Does that strategy work? Do you think this is okay? What do you think about that? Dude, ask your body. Somebody commented to me the other day, and I hear this often, that they were feeling frustrated with the amount of misinformation or conflicting opinions out there related to food and exercise. And they said, oh, Elizabeth, that must drive you crazy. And I was like, actually, no, thank God. That's not on the list of things that makes me crazy. And here's why. I'm not looking for someone else or some consensus of opinions on what is right and what is wrong because those people aren't me. I live in this amazing body that gives me pretty much real time feedback. Let's say we're talking about intermittent fasting. I try it. How does it impact my energy? Am I starving or does it make me less hungry? Do I like it or do I hate it? Am I miserable when I do it or does it make things easier? Does it accelerate my fat loss? Does it slow it down? Does it have no change? Patience and personal awareness are king here. You matter. Your neighbor or the 50 bazillion opinions on the internet don't mean anything about what works for your body because it's not just physiologically based on how the body works, how does this work? No, how does it make me feel? Do I like doing it? If you try intermittent fasting and you're losing fat, but you're miserable all the time and you're starving and you find it so hard and you're thinking about food incessantly, well, physically it might work for your body, but it doesn't work for your life. Therefore, it doesn't work for you, right? Think about it this way, all right? And some of you guys are gonna try and poke holes in this, but you're missing the point. If you are a parent, the way we approach fat loss would be like approaching parenting by spending a million hours on a blog trying to figure out whether or not kids like blueberries and asking like, is that a thing? Do kids like blueberries? What do you think? Do kids, do kids like, is that, is that really a, a thing? Somebody said that blueberries made their kids cranky and somebody else said that blueberries are brilliant at making their kids fall asleep at night. And somebody else said that their kid ate blueberries and they were up sick all night. Um, what matters is whether or not your kids... Like blueberries. So you can work yourself into a tizzy or you can give them blueberries. Because, and the reason that I say you guys would poke holes is we're not talking about like what happens if your kid chews on a lead railing. No, we're talking about food. Like, this is not dangerous or difficult to try and assess what happens for us. We are talking about things we should know about ourselves and our bodies will give us brilliant and very timely feedback. Things I know because my body told me so. If I have carbs in the morning, I'm more hungry, period. I don't have the same level of energy or focus. When I eat ice cream, I get reflux and I feel bloated. That's my body, not yours. That matters. The second reason that I want you to track is for the honesty and objectivity thing. I can't tell you how many times people in my fat loss fast track groups will start to get frustrated and say, "I'm doing the work, but Elizabeth, it's not it's not working for me. Nothing's changing. Like I'm doing it and it's not working." And I'll say, let's go to your journal and see what's going on. Let's see if that's true. And pretty much 100% of the time, it's not. We're able to see, oh, well, actually, you know, yeah, you've been really consistent between when you wake up and say four or five in the afternoon, but pretty consistently, you're eating when you're not hungry in the evening or pretty consistently, you're kind of blowing it on the weekends and going hog wild on a million different things. And so, yeah, you've had four really solid days, but you've had three days that kind of negate any progress you would have made. So the journal keeps us honest. It gives us that objective feedback because we are emotional and we are not good at looking at what has changed. Another another kind of flip side of that is, I had a client who felt like she wasn't making any progress, and she, this was a while ago, she worked herself up into nothing ever works for me, this is pointless, I don't know why I'm trying, this is ridiculous, I've put in so much time and energy and money and nothing is working, and I was like, okay, let's go to the journal. And we were able to see, actually, all of your clothes fit better, actually your energy is way higher than it was. Actually, you've written number of a number of times about how you don't feel obsessed with food. Actually, you've lost like 7 pounds and you're not wearing the clothes you were wearing. Actually, we took pictures and you put them in your journal and they look really really different. Actually, you talked about how none of your bras fit anymore because they're too big. So we can work ourselves up into this emotional side of things one way or another. Either I'm doing all the work when we're not, or I'm not getting any results when in fact we are. And the journal helps us stay objective. The third benefit is that it really anchors ourselves to our goals, to what we are doing and why we are doing it. Because how often do we start out with good intentions and a plan, but then we drift? Life gets in the way, and then all of a sudden you're like, how did I get off track? What the heck? I was doing so well, right? You stopped paying attention. You started paying more attention to other things. And so these goals that you wrote on a notebook and then put in a drawer, and you never took that notebook out of the drawer until you decided to clean four weeks later... We don't want that to happen. And so the act of journaling, every single time that you jot something down throughout the day or the five minutes you take at the end of the day to recap the day, it anchors you or tethers you to your goals. It brings you back time and time and time again. And the extent to which you're consistent with the journaling really indicates the extent to which you're paying attention to what you are after. So the next factor is, what do you track? And it's really not as complicated as you can probably convince yourself that it is. And if you're in this camp of convincing yourself that it's hard and time consuming and complicated, I wanna ask, how does that help you? Because you could just as easily convince yourself, it's just tracking. This is actually pretty easy. And if this is one of the things I could do to make progress, gosh, this is an easy one, a low bar. So I'm gonna clear this bar because it's really not that hard. And it's really not that hard. So what you wanna track primarily is food, And feelings. The food part is pretty easy. What you put in your mouth, period, okay? The feelings part isn't as awful as you think it is. I'm not talking about the warm, fuzzy, like, today I'm feeling really threatened by blah, blah, blah. No. What I'm talking about is how you feel. Feedback from your food, because those factors influence what you eat and how you feel. Your energy is a feeling, right? Your mood is a feeling, and those feelings influence what you eat, And it tells us what is going on. Much of these quote-unquote feelings are really hormonal biofeedback. Our hunger can tell us a lot about what is happening hormonally in our body. Our energy can tell us a lot about how hormonally our body is responding to what we eat. So these things matter. From the most basic level, metabolic effect, who I've mentioned before, they use an acronym called HEC. HEC is your heck in check. And I think this is a great starting point. Heck standing for hunger, energy, and cravings. It tells us a heck of a lot about whether or not our meals are working for us, whether or not our body is set up for fat loss or not. But I think that's just a starting point. I don't think that's enough. Now, granted, something is better than nothing. So if you're not tracking or journaling at all and you want to start with food and heck, hunger, energy, and cravings, I think that's great. But There's so much more. Mood really, really, really matters. Sleep really, really, really matters. Events of the day matter. Because if you find on days where you're really rushed in the morning and you're feeling sort of like frenzied and crazy, that on those days you're like, ah, screw it, whatever, I'll eat whatever, that is a trend we need to know because the more we understand, the more we can implement. So then we have to look at, well, what is going on that makes me feel frenzied in the morning? Can I do something like prepare breakfast ahead of time and have it as a grab-and-go or or heater-eat option in the refrigerator? Can I pick out my outfit the night before? Can I get up 10 minutes earlier? Can I go to bed 30 minutes earlier? Whatever it is, when we have that information like, gosh, those mornings where I'm feeling really rushed, or the mornings when there's 17 things going on with the kids, that's when I really struggle. Or, I do really well on the mornings I don't go into Starbucks, but on the mornings I go into Starbucks, I almost always talk myself into a pastry or a muffin. Those are the kinds of things that go beyond just the hormonal biofeedback of hunger, energy, and cravings that really matter. My goal isn't for you to spend an hour a day doing this. My goal is for you to just pay attention to the relevant factors. I know you can do this in less than five minutes a day, and the more detail you put into it, the more you're going to get Of it. Think of it like a journal. If you feel something, jot it down. Again, most of my clients, and I have all of them do this, can do it in less than five minutes per day. And if you don't think that you have five minutes per day to better understand what is working for you and what is not working for you, then I'm not sure how you have 30 minutes to listen to this podcast. That's just real. If you feel something, make note of it. Here's my personal routine. I've got a journal that I keep on my desk, which works for me because I work from home. And every night before I go to bed, I take it literally as maybe 60 to 90 seconds to jot down what I plan to eat for the next day and what workout I plan to do. Doesn't mean that it doesn't change, but I'm sort of setting an intention for like, yeah, okay, I know, I know the plan tomorrow. Instead of waking up and being like, hmm, what do I want to eat? Yeah, sometimes I change my mind, but at least I've sort of created a little bit of a structure. So that journal sits on my desk. And if I'm not at my desk at the day, I just make little notes in the notes app on my phone and transfer it over later, or sometimes I don't transfer it over. This morning, for example, I wrote not focused around 6am, just literally took five seconds, not even two seconds to write down not focused. I wrote it because I was feeling it, but also because yesterday was my birthday, and I had a small glass of wine, and I would love to know if there's a relationship between feeling not quite as clear-headed in the morning. I mean, it's not like I had a bottle of wine. I literally had a, you know, maybe four-ounce glass of wine, Um, but I would love to know if I can look back on previous days where I've had wine and see if there's this issue with focus in the morning, because then... If I'm tempted to have wine, I can say, well, more often than not, I don't feel as focused. So what's going on tomorrow morning? And is that a risk I want to take given that information, right? Then I write what I eat. Like, for example, inevitably, when it gets close to dinner time, I start to get tired. That's normal for me uh, because I get up so early. But I like to know those trends. So I'll just rate my energy or my fatigue on a scale of 1 to 10, as I feel it. That's how I do things. I rate things either on a scale of one to five or a scale of one to 10. So when we're talking about energy or we're talking about hunger or cravings, that's what I'm going to rate on a scale of one to five or one to 10 because I want to know if it's intense. Like just saying that I'm hungry, well, there's a really big difference between level three hunger and level nine, I'll eat your face off hunger. And I want to know Is it because I waited too long in between my meals? Is it something that I ate? Like, did I not have the right composition in the previous meal or am I overtired? And there's clearly a trend between not sleeping enough and being way more hungry than normal. That's why I think it's important to quantify it, right? Things like this, making note of something like cravings, is what allows me to help my clients determine if, say, their cravings are just based on habit. Yeah, you want chocolate after dinner every night, because you have chocolate after dinner every night, versus cravings that are influenced by some hormonal imbalance or some nutritional imbalance. Now, here's where people start to get a little crazy when I tell them to track. They're like, I don't even notice I don't even, I'm not even paying attention. I don't know. I don't know what my energy is. I don't know what my hunger is. Like, I don't even think that way. I don't know how to quantify it. Starting out, just make note of the extremes. You know when you're ravenously hungry because you're complaining about it. You know when you're dead tired and you feel like you need a nap pay attention to the extremes and begin by noting those first. The more comfortable you get with making note of the extremes, then you start to notice the nuances. But honestly, the extremes are going to give us the most information anyway. If you have crazy high energy, we want to know that more than we want to know when everything's just sort of like fine. Same thing with low energy because when you have crazy high energy, we want to look at, hey, what contributed to that? What does the last couple of days look like and how can we recreate it? Or if you feel like you need a nap, what's going on? Like, is it just purely a sleep issue? Is it a workout recovery issue? Is it a food issue? What is going on? Okay. The other big thing that people freak out about is if I'm not, you know, tracking my calories, if I'm not measuring my portion sizes, how am I going to know if I'm going overboard? How am I going to know if I'm eating too much or not enough? My friend, your body will tell you. If you're eating too much, your pants are getting tighter and you're paying attention, so you're gonna notice that. I also really recommend measuring your waist and your hip circumference every week or every other week, that will tell you. If you aren't eating enough, you might be really hungry, you might have low energy, you might not be sleeping well, your workout performance might suffer, your clothes might be getting looser but you feel like crap, or it might be any combination of those factors it's not a mystery. It's just that most people are not paying attention. Your results, and I'm not just talking about your weight because your weight might be telling you more about your bowel movements than your body's response to food or what's happening from a fat loss perspective, right? So many people will say, I'm feeling so much better, great energy, no hunger, but my body's not changing. So I'm feeling better, but like I'm not getting what I want, which is fat loss. So I'll say, okay, let's look at your journal. Let's look at your food. Oftentimes, people are just eating too much of something. I don't know what that is, but your journal does. You can glance down and say, whoa, I've been eating like multiple servings of fat at every meal, like avocado and bacon and nuts, and then having like beef for dinner with cheese and, you know, that sort of thing. Let's see if I dial it back, if I can still feel great, but my body starts changing, right? Right. So those are the things we want to pay attention to, the extremes of how we feel, what we eat and what is happening to our body, how our clothes are fitting, right? Our waist and hip circumference, the way we feel when we look in the mirror, all of those factors, our workout performance are going to give us the complete picture. Now, where to track? As I said at the top of the show, I've created a cheat sheet and a template for you guys. You can get it from going to the show notes for today's episode over at primalpotential.com. Just hit the podcast tab and the show notes are in chronological order with the most recent episode first. Or if you're in the US, you can text the word tracking to the number 44222. Someday, I hope to have an app for this, but man, finding reliable app developers that don't want your firstborn and don't wanna take 17 years, but I'm working on it, I promise I am working on it. But you don't need anything fancy. If you like using an app like MyFitnessPal or whatever, you can, the challenge I see with those apps though, is that while they're great for calorie counting, they're not great for what matters most, which is how you feel because that teaches you what works for you and what doesn't work for you by paying attention to your energy, your mood, your sleep, your cravings, things like that. So you can use an app like that, but keep in mind you're gonna have to find a way to supplement and then you're in two different places so that might not be convenient because you're gonna be someplace else writing down the correlation between what you ate and how it made you feel. With my one-on-one clients, we use Google Docs, which literally is just a blank Word doc, basically, online that we share together. You can use a blank journal. For my Fat Loss Fast Track clients, we have, um, it's like a monstrosity, it's 200 page journal. It's 200 pages because it goes for 12 weeks and there's two pages for each day. Um, So that's something that if you're within the Fat Loss Fast Track, you would have access to. But you can use this template that I've created for you that you can download for free on the show notes, um, or you can just do what works for you. You can use notes on your phone. I The challenge with using something like notes on your phone is that it's not as easy to go back to it. I like a paper journal. I'm old school. With my clients, I do Google Docs because... We can share it and we can both see the same thing, but ultimately it's not that complicated. Do what works for you. Some people are paper people. I am one of those people. Um, And other people want to use an app. That's fine. Any journaling app will be fine. I prefer the blank template style of things because then you can do what really suits you. And if you need ideas for that template, again, I have created that for you. So then it comes down to how do you learn from it? This is something I spend a lot of time teaching my clients, whether it's one-on-one or in the Fat Loss Fast Track, coaching them through how to find these answers. But number one, high level, you learn from your journal by revisiting it, by looking for trends, by going backwards and saying, hmm, I was getting great results back then and I'm not now. What was the difference? What are the gaps? What can I change? Or by saying, am I eating too often? How realistic is it that my body truly needs fuel 90 minutes after I had a big meal? How often am I doing that? How often am I writing down that I ate something when I'm saying my hunger was only like a two or a three on a scale of one to 10? Well, what would happen if I played around with Eating only after my hunger is above a 5 on a scale of 1 to 10. Things like that. Getting curious. Being a detective. Not looking at this as like some punishment. It's not. It's a process. It's a journey. Asking yourself honestly, am I eating too much, either too frequently or too much when I do eat? What's going on with my body? If everything is going great, keep doing what you're doing. If it's not, look back and say, what are the factors here? What's going on? If there was a period of time and you were getting results, go back and study that time. Look at how you're feeling. When is your energy the highest? How can you duplicate those factors to have more energy than you do now? What's going on on the days when I'm the most hungry versus the days when I'm the least hungry? Is there a sleep pattern there? Is there an exercise pattern there? Is there a what I ate pattern there? Or saying, Elizabeth talks a lot about fat loss fundamentals like the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Let me look back over the past few weeks. How often, how many days am I aligning with those golden rules? Is that something that I can get better at, right? So again, if you guys want this cheat sheet and this template, you can get it for free by going to the show notes for this episode. Or if you're in the U.S., you can text the word tracking. T-R-A-C-K-I-N-G, to the number 44222. I hope this was helpful to you guys. We'll wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Cold brew coffee in the morning, bacon and eggs. Uh, Lunch was weird because I knew I was going out to dinner, so I was just sort of snacking. I had picked up some local um, fennel salami, really high-quality grass-fed pork product uh, and some cheese, and I just snacked on that in the afternoon. And then I went out to dinner Had a huge bowl of Brussels sprouts that were amazing. And then I had moonfish, which I'd never had before. I never even heard of moonfish. Moonfish wrapped in prosciutto. And then I had a small piece of dark chocolate and a small glass of wine. And it was amazing. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful to you. I hope the cheat sheet will get you on the right track, pun intended. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Are you ready? To move beyond listening and learning and really change your life, really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks, I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend, or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life, and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.